Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Justin Self, and I'm not alone today. I'm here with my wife, a beautiful wife, Jenny. Can you say hello? I don't even know what to do. All right, I'll try it again. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Justin Self, and I'm not alone today. I am here with my beautiful and amazing wife, Jenny. Good morning. Hi, dear. Hi. Hi. So we are in season four. Hopefully you are enjoying season four as much as we are. I want to mention that the name is kind of interesting of this podcast, Proper Care and Feeding of Spouses. What does that mean? Are we like plants? Are we watering each other like plants or something? It's just kind of this funny thing that Jenny and I use to talk about marriages, you know, proper care and feeding of wives and all this stuff. So we hope you'll enjoy this. We think this is really powerful. I also want to mention that there's a wonderful woman named Stella Wambui, who I met in Mariakani, Kenya. And Stella, you are some of the motivation, you've provided some of the motivation and inspiration for this episode. When I was there, I remember meeting you and you told me about your ministry called Redeeming Marriages. And we just want to say, Stella, you're awesome. And, and thank you for inspiring and what you're doing in Kenya. And, and we're excited. So if anyone wants to listen to what Stella has to say about Redeeming Marriages, you can find her on YouTube, Stella Wambui, W-A-M-B-U-I. But today we're talking about proper care and feeding of spouses. What a weird name. The Kind of the idea behind this, this whole concept, Jenny and I have been talking about this for years. And it's this topic that keeps coming up. And it's this idea of, in the Bible, you see wives submit to your husbands. You see it over and over again. And we're going to go over some of the scriptures today about, about you know, where exactly that is in the context. But it seems to kind of have this bad ring to it in today's society. And you know, it doesn't feel right. And no one likes to be told to submit. You know, that's kind of a, a dirty word now. And, and so what we want to talk about today is kind of the proper context. What does it mean for a wife to submit? And is that really a bad word? Or not, like, or is there something else? Or is there something more to it? And what's the man's role in all this? What's the husband supposed to do about this? Is he supposed to just, you know, walk around and have women submitting to him? So I think this is going to be this is going to be powerful. Again, this is a conversation Jenny and I have fairly often. We we just enjoy talking about this whole balance and just kind of what's going on. So, dear, I want to start out our episode today with a story. So I remember when I first met your dad. We were in Tigard or somewhere in Portland, and it was the Fourth of July. And we were in this field watching the fireworks, right? And I don't know what the context was. I don't know what the whole story was, but I used the word obey. And I, I hardly knew you. We were just kind of starting to date, you know, get to know each other. And I met your dad. And I don't know, again, I have no idea what the context was, but I just, I used the word obey kind of in passing. And I just remember not knowing you that well, being a little surprised that it elicited, that single four-letter word elicited a very strong response from where I was sitting. And so I just remember what, okay, that's interesting. I guess I triggered something, I don't know. But I just remember that's kind of the first thing that you, it really bothered you. And, but you've gone on this journey and like you, you have, I tell people all the time, like you have, Jenny, you have amazing revelation on this whole concept of submit and obey and respect the husband and love the husband or whatever, you know, and this whole concept. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But you've got a story, you've got a journey and we're ready to hear it. So what, I guess starting from that point with this whole obey comment where you got really worked up at me and I, we didn't even know each other to today. Can you tell me a little bit about your story? 
guess I'm surprised you uh, stuck around after <laughs> that, right? Well, I did. We have lots of um, funny stories around some of these things. Um, I think it just comes down to obey. Nobody wants to be told what to do, right? I don't want to be told what to do. Do you want to be told what to do and how to do it? Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> there you go. No, not really. <laughs> no, I think it I think it has such a submit and obey has this kind of connotation of the husband being the person that gets to make all the decisions and makes the rules and the the wife is just kind of along for the ride and just does whatever the husband says and I think that that's I mean, it has been used in that context and it has been taught that way from church. And I think that's definitely not the way that God is because God isn't, you know, he's not a God that is like, you have to just blindly obey what I say because that's not, there's no love in that. There's no choice. There's no free will in that. And I think that's partly why people get so upset about it's an issue of your personal freedoms being taken away. Mm And I don't think anybody likes that word. Submit I mean, or obey? Both. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they just don't create a good feeling in you when you look at it from that context. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think there's a deeper meaning to it yeah. than just the superficial, blindly, you know, blindly yeah. obeying and doing what I say because I say it. Yeah. It, it has been abused, I think. You know, people taking that scripture out of context. Absolutely. And using it to beat their wives over the head with it, literally or figuratively. Or their children. Yeah, and it's totally and totally wrong. Yeah, that's not that's not the way God is. No. And right? you know, and we're gonna get into this, but to me, there's a divine partnership here. Like mm-hmm. just the way that you know, and again, we're gonna get into how it's this relationship between Christ and the church. And there's a relationship between the husband and the Lord, and then the wife and the husband, you know. And so it's all interconnected, but the Lord doesn't lead us, like, like you're saying, the Lord doesn't lead us like that. He doesn't expect us to just submit and obey and just come under his heavy hand. Mm-hmm. He leads us through relationship mm-hmm. and through love and there's a partnership. And like, if you look through Song of Solomon, you see this beautiful cultivation of the king, like the king cultivates this woman's heart slowly and carefully and respectfully, but he also calls her up to a higher place. Mm-hmm. And so he's leading her, but she has all the free will in the world, but she, she has to choose to follow him. But I would also say in that leadership, there's a servant's heart too, Mm -hmm. like servant leadership, Mm -hmm. like how Christ loves the church and, you know, he gave his life for us. The actual submission comes not from a place of just blind obedience, but from a place of love Mm -hmm. and trust and affection. And I think that's where people get it wrong and they just don't understand it. And so they're like totally shut off to it. But I also think that when you learn how to do that, I think it just enhances your relationship and your marriage, just as it does with your personal relationship with God. So the scripture that I'm referring to is Ephesians 5, 22 through probably 33, Mm -hmm. but it, and this is in the Passion Translation. It says, for wives, this means being devoted to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to the Lord. For husbands, provide leadership for the wife just as Christ provides leadership for the church. 
In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let wives be devoted to their husbands and everything. And then it goes on to talk about what the husbands are supposed to do. Demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us pure and holy, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. And then basically it says husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way they would love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body, but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for the church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. And I think when you have a healthy relationship between husband and God— wife and God, I think you're going to naturally have a healthier relationship between husband and wife. But it has to be the individual to God yeah. first. Because yeah. without that, there's nothing else. I mean, there's nothing else. And you can, in and of yourself, I mean, you can go to all the self-help things and all the seminars and all, all the stuff, and that's all good things, but if you're not getting your source and your sustenance from the Lord, yeah. then you're not going to be filled to give out to give to somebody else. Yeah. I want to talk about this word in the Greek, submit. It says in my in my translation, my, my Bible is the New King James Version. And it says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And again, that's that S word. That's the head and four letter word, you know, or it's not four. Uh, that, Obey. Obey was a four letter <laughs> word. Excuse me. This is a, you know, six letter word. Anyway, okay, so in, in the Greek, it's the word hupotasso. And that's from two Greek words, hupo and tasso. Hupo means under, but tasso is a really interesting word. And tasso actually is a military term. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Of course you knew that. <laughs> it comes from this, this idea. Now, now, check this out. This is pretty crazy. It talks about to, to appoint, to order, or to ordain kind of abstractly, but specifically with, with the military, it talks about arranging a troop division in military fashion under the command of a leader, mm -hmm. but also this voluntary attitude of, of, of giving in to the orders. But what I want you to notice in cooperating and carrying a burden, mm -hmm. carrying a burden yep. willingly. And what I want to point out is it's interesting that there's this warfare military aspect to this mm -hmm. because... We're carrying a burden together. Yeah, I think that's the whole point. And I will say this because you, you spoke to this a second ago. You and I have talked many times about this where we were seeking the Lord independently with, before meeting each other. Mm -hmm. And I remember personally, I was just spending time with the Lord and I was just falling in love with him more and more. And I wasn't even interested in meeting someone. I wasn't looking for a wife. I wasn't interested at all, actually. And then I met you in the middle of all this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like she's pretty amazing, you know, and I don't know, maybe, you know, I, I really didn't have anything. I didn't, you know, it wasn't anything spectacular with fireworks because I was so committed to the things of the Lord. But he did speak to me and show me that, you know, we were going we were gonna to get married. And I know you were doing the same thing. You were seeking after the Lord. You weren't on this manhunt trying to make it happen. No. <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> and so we, we talk about this where it's like seeking the Lord first in our individual lives really. And then he did actually bring us together. Well, and I remember, and I actually still to this day have a, this journal that in my season of, you know, seeking God and figuring out what the plans he had for me, I remember I 
went out one night. I was really restless. And I went out and I, it was like the middle of the night, one or two o'clock in the morning. I went out to Walmart. I bought myself a journal and I bought a book, um, Oh, the Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. Very, uh, very deep, profound <laughs> from Dr. Seuss. But I just remember I bought that book and I was reading and I was reading the word and in my journal, I was just writing down things that I wanted in a husband. And one of the things, and this is, I don't think typical of me, but one of the things was that I wanted someone who, and I literally wrote down somebody who would be able to lead me because I don't think that just any person or any man would fit the bill Ayo. because it's hard and it takes somebody really strong, but also really tender and somebody that's going to kind of come up under because I'm not, I'm. I think I've called you a fire breathing dragon. You before. have called me a fire breathing dragon before. <laughs> I have to admit that. Yeah. Okay. And my dad thought it was the funniest thing and he, he laughed it. so hard he cried. <laughs> Sorry. And we laugh about it to this day. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely True. not somebody that is going to just submit and willingly obey blindly. Yeah. Um, I'm very strong and independent and in and of myself. Like I don't feel like I have to have a husband to make me successful. Yeah. And I think I think that's also what people think is we have this idea of, oh, women, we need to strive and make it and be successful and make our own money and pay our own bills and do all the stuff. And yes, absolutely, you should. As an adult, that's your responsibility. That's called adulting. Yeah. Be a grown-up, pay your bills, you know, be responsible. But having a husband and and learning how to follow his leadership in no way diminishes that. And I think we're the perfect example of that. I mean, you're in school full-time and I'm working full-time and mm -hmm. we're doing what we're doing on my income yep. solely. Yep. And I'm in shock and awe of that. And in no way, shape or form by me choosing to submit to my husband, does that diminish no way. what I'm doing or it doesn't make me any less. It doesn't make me not have a voice. It doesn't, it doesn't do any of that. Yeah. And I think that's the misconception. And I think that's why so many women in particular get all riled up about it. And I think I want to share our story a little bit, talk about our story because what does it look like to submit? I mean, am I over here telling Jenny to Submit and make me a sandwich. I'd get. I'd get. Good luck, sir. <laughs> I would Good not luck. turn out very well at all. <laughs> I've never said not. it, and I never will. <laughs> okay, so tell tell us about the the what, like the one time, the one time I tried to like contain oh you <laughs> in our. You, it's like trying apartment. to contain a caged animal. <laughs> we had the okay. Our first when we when we got married, our our apartment was so small. It was you like have to seven seven hundred and twenty five. I don't even think feet. it was seven hundred square feet. I, it was small. It was smaller Very than that. Very small, but that's I okay. You. That's okay. Literally, the kitchen. If you open up the dishwasher, at least I had a dishwasher. But when you open up the dishwasher, it took up the whole kitchen. Yeah, you couldn't open up the refrigerator. You couldn't even be in there at the same no. time as opening the dishwasher. No. I don't know how they why they would have done it like that. It was yeah. crazy. Small house, and so we were having an argument about something, and I was vacuuming. The the carpet. Yes. And you were in the kitchen. And you were kind of rubbing me the wrong way. 
because you were very angry about something, and I was. I don't even remember. What I have I was no. Angry of course, about. I have no idea what it was, but. I, I I strategically, you know, happened to in my vacuuming, of course, I just moved the chairs over by the kitchen, and, a, and it looked a little bit like a wall. You were trying to barricade me. I wasn't officially trying to barricade you, you were but trying I was to trying to create a little me. bit of space between us. You were trying to barricade me. Well, and you called me out on it. I did. <laughs> What are you trying to barricade me in? And here? I think is that when you called me the fire That's exactly dragon? when I called you that. That's I, I remember that part. That's I sure right. did. Yeah. Being barricaded. So I think <laughs> you know, I think that's what we think when we yeah. hear those words that we're gonna be put into this cage yeah. and barricaded and not be able to do the things that we're called to do. Right. So clearly that's that's not what we're talking about here. You know, wives submit to your husbands, you know, and I'm pushing her into the kitchen, you know, submit, woman. Good luck. Yeah. But but I want to talk about our story. So <laughs> when we moved down here to California, it seems to me, and I have seen this pattern multiple times in our life, so I'm gonna share it from our experience. It seems to me that me as as the husband, as who I am as a person in, in our experience, I've heard the Lord's voice on certain things. And I may have heard them first in certain Certain, especially moving down here, he spoke to me about it. He gave me some direction and vision. Mm-hmm. And and as a visionary type of person, I would share it with you and we bounced ideas and we talked, but I was kind of the one pushing a little bit and casting that vision. I wasn't pushing as far as we're gonna do this and you have no say in it. It was more like, hey, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord, you know? And I feel really strongly like like this might be a thing. And but we talked about it for months. Mm-hmm. And we we dealt with it both in unity, but I didn't really know what was going on in the hood, under the hood for you mm-hmm. until later. So I'd like to hear you tell a little bit more about how that impacted you and just kind of that whole experience of me hearing from the Lord and kind of leading the charge in a certain area and your your process in that because I think that's very powerful. Well, you said the word unity, and I think that really comes into play in for any area or any aspect of a marriage, but. I think you have, we're, we're very different people, very, very different. Anybody that knows us, we're very different. And it doesn't mean that that's bad. And I think there's significant differences, but there's also ways that we complement each other. And that's how it's supposed to be. It doesn't mean, unity doesn't mean that we always agree, we think the same way, we do the same, like that's not what it means. It's not a clone. It just means that you are learning how to cooperate and work in harmony to get whatever you're trying to accomplish to get it done. And I think the biggest thing for me was I was very... You had all these ideas, you would start talking about them, and I would get overwhelmed, and I would immediately push back and shut down and get angry, and, you know, we had a lot of fighting, a lot of crying, a lot, just a lot of stuff to process, but part of it was just communication, too. Like, I was learning, you are a verbal processor, And I was just like, oh, my God, he wants to go do all these crazy things. And, you know, like I would just get so overwhelmed and and anxious about it. And I didn't understand that that was, you know, a big part of problem was just me not understanding that about you. Well, the way we've always talked about it is like green apples and red apples. Like we've used that. I know other people use these similar types of things, Mm -hmm. but we came up with this thing. It's like. 
we realized one day we're like, well, wait a minute, I'm I'm speaking in red apples and I'm handing you red apples, but you're hearing and you're receiving green apples or you're expecting green apples. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my very best and I'm giving you the very best red apples I know how to give you. I'm being mm-hmm. as clear of a communicator as I know how to be. I'm trying to be not disrespectful. You know, I'm trying to be, you know, everything I know how to do at my very best. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm giving you red apples and you're getting green apples. Mm-hmm. You're hearing words, you're hearing, you know, apples, but there's completely the wrong color. Yeah. Just we're not even on the same wavelength at all. And so that was a big thing that we have navigated through and are still navigating through. Of course, it's just but, com- basic communication. Yeah, but that's, right? that's oh, you're right. So there, were, there was quite a bit of that. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, so we, we're coming up on 10 years yep, of, of marriage, marriage, which Actually, I feel by the like time that's this, an accomplishment. By the time this is released, we will have crossed over 10 years. That's awesome. So we have been married 10 years. It doesn't mean that we're experts by any means, but I do feel like the the last, we've, we've lived here five years five now, years. and I feel like the last probably two years has been a lot of growth for me personally because I knew I wasn't in a good place, and I think that I there was a lot of things that I was putting a lens on and filtering things that you were saying and it was so like I had the wrong filter on, you yeah. know, like you get those Instagram filters with, you know, the big duck lips or whatever, <laughs> silly filters or, okay. or whatever, you yeah. know, like, but seriously, like it's, it's the filters that we put things on. It's just like the, the word submit, how, yeah. what filter are right. you putting on that? So when you're reading the word, you're, you know, you, you take come across your filter that. off. Yeah, exactly. Take, take the filter off and figure out what it really means and don't be offended by every little thing. Absolutely. And I think I was offended a lot of the times and I just had this soapbox and it definitely has taken me a lot of time and, and work and hard hard things that I've been working through, but I feel like I'm kind of coming out on the other side of it. But back to when we were moving down here, sorry, I distinctly remember, because my, my biggest fear was that we were going to come down here, we are going to Everything was going to be all about you and school and your success and all this stuff. And I was going to help you and support and do all the stuff. But then it was like, okay, well, what was my part in that? Aside from helping and supporting and doing all those practical things, like what's my part in this? And what is my thing to do? Separate from you, it doesn't mean that we're independent doing our own thing because that's not healthy, but we're we're very much interdependent, yep, right? But I really struggled with that. And for three years, we came down here and I'm like, okay, everything revolves around Justin and his dream and his school and blah, blah, blah. And I was starting to get bitter and angry and frustrated. And I remember, I distinctly remember, it was not an audible voice, but it was just that inner mm-hmm. knowing from the Holy Spirit, like, that God said, once you learn how to submit to your husband's leadership, then you will discover what your purpose and what what I have in store for you. Wow. And that was hard for me to hear. That was hard for me to take in and hard. That was a hard pill for me to swallow, a very hard pill, because I have been so just obstinate about I don't need to submit to you. I can figure it out. I'm smart. I'm capable. I'm like, I can do it and I can do it on my own. And I just had this thing. And and it's not that I'm not smart. I'm, it's you not are. that I'm not capable. Absolutely. I am more than capable of doing everything that we need to do. Yep. But I also don't want to do 
everything, you know, like we need to learn and we are learning how to depend on each other. And there's, there's give and take, and there's times where I don't think you're doing something the right way, but I also need to learn how to trust you and give you credit and give you the opportunity to do something. And if it works great, it might be different than how I would do it. And it's the same thing for you too. Yep. You know, like we're, we do things very differently. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be this cause for strife and, you know, division. Yeah. So when we moved down here, it wasn't just me hearing from the Lord and kind of spearheading things and Jenny mm-hmm. just being along for the ride. I mean, he spoke to you too mm-hmm. up there, up mm-hmm. north. Mm-hmm. And so he confirmed to you. And so you actually had to make a choice to yield to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then later came this whole process of learning how to submit. The word still sounds funny to me, you know. It, it does, yeah. But um, submitting and and the thing about from the husband's perspective as well is I have always tried to tread very lightly about this and just be careful and to check myself because it does say women, you know, wives submit to your husband for the husband is the head of the wife. So for me, my ego, what does that tell me, right? So I have to be careful. Say it. Oh, oh, you know I'm going <laughs> I know, to. I know what you're going to say. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck, and she can turn the head any which way she wants. True, true story. <laughs> true story. I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. True story. Anyways. And so for me, it, it brings this gravity to the situation where it's like, okay, if I'm supposed to lead our family, but not be a dictator, you know, but also be a, be a good, strong legitimate leader. You know, what do I need to do? And it always comes down for me to my walk with the Lord. So let's go back there again. The husband is the head of the wife. This is Ephesians chapter five, verse 23. And it says, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. And verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. So that means husbands, we got to figure out how Christ loved the church, how he loves the church. And we got to do that same thing. So that's where my head is at with all this. Well, and two, I think the other thing is, is that, again, this whole submission thing gets taken out of context. Yeah, it does. You don't read the following verses. It's right. not It's not all about a woman. Right. It's about a man and a man's responsibility, too. Yep. And when men shirk their responsibility, women have nothing to submit to. And then it's completely out and of And then order, it's completely out of, yeah. out of whack and yep. out of balance, and it's... You know, and a lot of it comes down to a man putting his big boy pants on and manning up and and being responsible and taking ownership and being a leader, but also a spiritual leader in the home. Yeah. Listen to this. I'm going to pull this one out. I've been, there's another, okay, so there's three scriptures that I have here that basically they say very similar things. But listen to this. This is in First Peter. So Peter picks this concept up in the end of chapter two and then the beginning of chapter three in First Peter. He says, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands. So it's the same, and again, that's mm-hmm. hupotasso. It's the same exact word we've been looking at in, um, in Ephesians. And mm-hmm. we'll bring the third scripture up in a minute. But what I want to do is I want to I I scoot down here and show you something really important for the husbands. So husbands, listen to this. This is First Peter chapter three and verse seven. This verse has changed my life. This has been a guiding light for me. This has been a major mm-hmm. game changer and I'm still working on this constantly, but yeah. this is a major, major road sign 
correction for me. Listen to this. Husbands likewise dwell with them, the wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. We can go off on that, but let me just say that the weaker vessel actually in the Greek talks about, it's the description of a lovely, beautiful glass that you would put in a special place in your home. It's not a weaker vessel, like she's a woman, she's weak, she's nothing. It's absolutely not that. It's like, what type of care and attention would you give to a very fancy, you know, chalice or something made out of crystal that your grandmother gave you or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. What kind of care and, and honor would you put that in your house as a mm-hmm. display piece, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's saying here. Dwell with your, your wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as unto the precious, delicate, mm-hmm. but worthy of honor vessel, yeah. right? Listen to this part. This is what I was trying to say here being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm -hmm. So this is a very clear black and white truth that as a husband, if you aren't doing all the stuff in verse seven, your prayers will be hindered. And in the Greek, that means cut down. So as a a husband, if you're praying and your prayers aren't working, how are you treating your wife? Are you dwelling with them with understanding? Are you giving honor to them as this beautiful glass vessel? Mm -hmm. This is serious stuff. How am I supposed to be the head, the spiritual head of the family and lead, you know, by example, if my prayers over my family aren't working? Mm-hmm. I know that God has tasked me many times specifically with prayers over my children, over our, our family. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to stand up and to pray over my family. Yeah. But if my prayers are going to be cut off mm-hmm. because I'm not treating you right, that's a major issue. Yeah. Anyway, some major gravity there. Yeah, that's absolutely. a game changer. And I think, again, I think people don't realize the charge that's given to the husband is so much more serious than, oh, I'm the leader. I make all the decisions. Make me a sandwich. Like that, I mean, it's so much, it's beyond that, you know? It's 100%. And I I just don't think that people really understand the the weight of that on a husband and and also the weight and the burden going back to carrying a burden yeah. back to the military term yeah. you know when it says that god created yeah woman right to be a helpmate yes let's go there it doesn't mean that you're just doing whatever the husband says it means that you guys are battling together you're you're doing something you're pushing forward you're taking ground and you have to have somebody dependable. You have to have somebody that you know is going to have your back and, yeah. and support you and help you in that. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned Genesis. Mm-hmm. So this is the Lord God in chapter two. It says, the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet. In the, in the King James, it says help meet, mm-hmm. which is kind of a funny word, but it's basically, it's a word in the, in, the, in the Hebrew that's very difficult to translate. That word help meet, like you're saying, is, is a mili- it's actually, again, it's a military term. And when I've studied this out, it's very interesting that this word shows up in the Bible. Almost every single other place it shows up in the Bible, it always shows up with the word sword or shield. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? This word, azer, yeah. it's called azer. And if you look it up and you read all the scriptures in the whole Bible that, that in- include it, um, it's always with the sword or the shield. It's like, God is my help. You know, you are my, you are my help and my shield come help us kind of thing. But listen to this. The primary idea lies in girding, surrounding, and defending one another. So if, if God has made the woman to be the help mate, help meet for the man, there's no like, you're lower than me because you're a woman. 
and you're supposed to just help me with the housework or something. Like yeah. that's absolutely completely unscriptural. Yeah. This whole concept of that. Now, what is scriptural is it's not good for man to be alone. So God says, I'm going to make someone who's going to help you, who's going to carry the burden with you, who's going to tactically organize with you and who you can do battle with. Mm-hmm. You're going to need someone who's going to get your back. Mm-hmm. It's not another dude. It's yeah. a woman yep. who's going to get your back. Yep. And again, this, this goes into all the stuff with the gender and the, and the sexual orientation and all this upside down business. And it's because the, the, the design of God is actually for a man and a woman to work in harmony. But I think the reason why people are so up in arms about, and one reason why they're up in arms about the man and the woman and the traditional household and all this kind of stuff is because it's been abused and misused and not understood correctly. Mm -hmm. But I think the scripture, absolutely, I'm convinced the scripture gives us the the correct interpretation and view. Mm -hmm. How many times have we, I mean, we're on an adventure now and without you, I'd be sunk. It's not because you do the dishes. Mm -hmm. It's because you are my battle buddy. Mm -hmm. We go through it. We step forward in faith. We believe God for big things together. Mm -hmm. We both work hard Mm -hmm. together. And I feel like there's a purpose and a dream and a passion and a plan for all marriages. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about, I want to hear more about you coming into this, this realization and this whole submission thing of God speaking to you and you having that process of, as you submit, learn to submit to your husband, I will reveal to you or I'll show you your purpose. You'll come into your purpose. So I think, I guess one of the biggest things for me was parenting because we grew up in different households. We had different parenting styles and there's a lot of, and I think this is true for any marriage. You're figuring out how to parent together and we do it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think over the last year, I've had to learn to just kind of let you do your thing, especially with Caleb. Yeah. You know, because I remember, distinctly remember the day I picked him up from school, from preschool. Preschool, uh-huh. And you had been picking him up, and mm-hmm. you guys had a routine. Yep. You would go see the chickens every day. And I didn't know about the routine. And I tried to put him in the car. He wanted to go see the chickens. I'm like what chickens, where are these chickens at? What are you talking about? I'm trying to get him in the car. I wrestled my three-year-old for 45 minutes trying to get him in the car. And I was hot and sweaty and crying and he was hot and sweaty and crying. (laughs) And I came home and I'm like, what are the, where are the chickens? What are these chickens? No, no. And you, you told me, you just were like, you were red in the face. And I was like, what yeah, happened to you? And yeah. you just told me all this stuff about how our child is this and how he's just, he fought me for 45 minutes and I couldn't get him in the car. And the first thing I said is, well. Did you go see the chickens? Did you go see the chickens? Like, what chickens? <laughs> what chickens? What are, I had no idea. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you helped create this child, this man cub of ours. True story. And you know him. Mm-hmm. And I need to learn to be okay with that. I need to learn to not think that because I'm the mom, I have to know all the stuff and I have to, you know, know everything about our kids. And I need to relinquish that to you and trust my husband that my husband knows our son, mm-hmm. who he 50% of your DNA, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's just like you. And you understand our child. I speak his language. Better than I do. I do. 
And that was a hard thing for me to relinquish because for so long society has said, oh, it's the woman's job to raise the kids and do all the stuff and the man, the dad's just kind of uninvolved or the dad's just the fun dad that just gets to come in and play and, you know, discipline occasionally. But again, that is upside down. It takes two Two parents, yep. like both involved. You can't be unbalanced and it just... Except all the plates that keep yeah, spinning. <laughs> yeah, and and so I think that was that was a hard thing for me to to learn and to be okay with and, and learning to trust you in that. Yeah. Because I don't, honestly, I don't know any more about parenting than you do. True story. Let this be on record that Absolutely. I said that. Hey, right? I... Just kidding. I'm with you. You know, but I, I need to learn to know that, you know... You're hearing and you're learning yeah. and you're, your way is not wrong and my way is not always right and it's okay. And I think that that was a huge thing of just learning to be okay with that, you know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of this is about empowerment and not in a bad mm -hmm. way, empowerment. Like have women just be empowered out of balance because again, I think that's what society is trying to do is to push back and fight back like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Empower the women. Well, Jesus was the greatest liberator of women in the in the New Testament, and absolutely, women should be empowered. Yes, but women should be empowered, but not at the expense and the detriment of men. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is a plague right now going around that women are, you know. And yes, again, women can be successful. Totally. Like I fully believe, you want to go have a career and be a mom and do all the stuff and do go do it. But do not do it to the detriment, to the cutting down yeah. of your counterpart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we feel like we're, and I think a lot of it is society just telling us like, oh, men have kept us suppressed and blah, 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 all this stuff. And yeah, there has been. Yes, there is. Yes, there is women that are being suppressed. Absolutely. In other countries, yes, there's women being suppressed here, of course. Mm -hmm. But it is completely unhealthy to get over to this pendulum and say it's all about women and women power and doing all the stuff and you're cutting down at the knees yep. your counterpart yep. and it, you're not going to be successful if you do that if you cut down your battle buddy you have you don't exactly. have another leg to stand on exactly and it's the same thing i was just going to say the same thing for the husband it's like to to misuse scripture and misquote scripture or just to be a jerk to your wife, mm -hmm. that's shooting your battle buddy in the foot. That's shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. How are you going to go out and fulfill any type of vision God's given you if you're just going to totally disregard the rest of what the word of God says about, mm -hmm. about being a good husband to your wife? And, this, and that's the whole point. Like God's word is, is the plan. He knows what he's doing. He created us for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe marriages could be a thousand times, 10,000 times better than they are now in all of our lives because we would follow the plan. We would follow his his blueprint and his way of doing it, which is a battle buddy, which is, you know, you're a helpmate to me, which means if I want to go to battle, I better not go out alone. I better not go out without my battle buddy. I better not go out with my sh without my shield or my sword. Mm -hmm. You know, and we go and we do it together. We trust each other. We submit to one another. But there is the reality of the hierarchy. Wives submit to your husbands and then husbands submit to the Lord. Yeah. And so we talked about that where it's like, I have to learn continually this attitude of submission to the Lord. I have to know how he does it. And when I see him give up himself for the church and die on the cross and, and give away everything that he had for his friends, guess what? I get to learn how to do that with my wife. And that's not fun at all. I don't want to take out the trash all the time. You know, I don't want to do the dishes when I'm exhausted because you're tired. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do a lot of the stuff 
But in those moments, I think about it. I'm like, okay, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to lay down my life a little bit for my wife. She needs it. She needs to rest. I need to rest, but she needs to rest. Yeah. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this thing. Well, and I'm going to hold you to it. I remember after I oh, after I gave birth to, to Caleb, Caleb. I was that was my what first did you time. Say? So it was my first time being in in the room of a, of an actual birth of a child, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm on the business end of everything and I'm I just saw the whole thing, you know, I was there. And I just remember right after you had Caleb, I looked at you and I said, "Babe, I will take out the trash the rest of my life whenever you ask." I said, "What you did was amazing." I said, "I couldn't I've done that. And I will never let you forget that. And I do take out the trash. (laughs) (laughs) And you do. (laughs) So but you keep you keep talking about this war and this battle. Yeah. And I think there's I mean, I think there's a couple of things that we're we're battling for and fighting for. And I think one thing is marriage. Yeah. And another thing is raising our children. Yeah. Like Yes, we are at war. And I mean, I know that people don't like to to talk about that, but our children are are our responsibility. Absolutely. And I think that is one area where you've got to be united. You've got to be like, you're going to have curveballs thrown at you. You're going to have things and it's, God has tasked us with raising our children. That's it. In the ways of the Lord. Yep. He's given us instructions on how to do it. And, you know, there's going to be times where you get the game plan and I just need to be okay with it, that you heard it and you know and you understand. And there's other times where I have the game plan and, you know, we come into unity on it and we... Play it out, what? how you know, and and again, not to say that we're perfect, because by no means are we perfect. By no means do we have everything figured out. But I think that's the thing is like you you go into a season and you get what you need in the season that you need it, yeah. and you get it from God. Yep, or from you. Like in, for instance, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember back. When Caleb was very young, you came home from Costco one day and you were so excited to tell me mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit showed you mm-hmm. how to handle Caleb. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was, but there was some little thing that you did that he totally just showed you like a parenting move. Keep him occupied with a noise or use a timer. Remember. It was a timer, I think, oh, right? Oh, maybe it was a timer. Uh, yeah. Something about it. It's, just, it's like it worked for Caleb. It's exactly what he needed as far as like some parenting thing. I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. I remember you telling me about that. And I'm like, I never thought of that. That's cool. Yeah. And I didn't just dismiss that as, oh, you're just, you know. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Like we're like you said, we don't. I don't know any more about parenting than you do. Mm-hmm. I know less. You watch mm-hmm. more videos on it. You know, I don't know anything about this thing. So, but we are entrusted with these children. Yeah. And I have dreams to do ministry all over the world and to change people's lives and the podcasts and the books and all that. But guess what? As a husband and as a man of God and and as a father. My first ministry, my first job is to you and our and our boys. Yep. That's it. Everything else is is nice, but yeah. I gotta get that right. Yeah. And you cannot sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. You can. You well, you can. <laughs> but <laughs> bad plan. I mean, good There's, luck with that. But studied, I think yeah, I think that. that's the other thing is so many people, you know, have heard stories and you know there's just a plethora of things, but people have chosen to 
for a good cause, you know, for, for ministry and for, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, they have literally sacrificed their children, mm -hmm. their family, their marriage on the altar of ministry. And that's not, and I think right. that, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. not right at all. Nope. If you look at what the word of God says. Yeah. And I think again, back to empowerment, I think this empowers me to be a good leader, mm -hmm. but also it really encourages and keeps me under the gun to stay in the word, stay in connection and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to have this responsibility and, and have this position of leadership and influence in our family, I want to get it right. Yeah. Now for you, uh, you've been empowered. So I just know that like right now in this season, you actually have had God speak to you and you have kind of come into this space of passing your test. Like you did learn this whole concept of submission and respect mm -hmm. and honor and, and this mutual unity thing. And you have a dream and you're going for it now. Mm -hmm. You're going, Jenny's going back to school. You're going back to school at nights, during the day, anytime, you know. Yeah. So we're both in school and you're pursuing your dreams and you have a, a calling and a dream from the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. And you're empowered to do it. Yep. And it's like, even though I'm, she's helping me and empowering me to fulfill my dreams, I'm doing the same for you. Yep. I'll watch the boys so you can study or so I can sleep. So you can sleep. Yeah, you know, whatever. But like it's this crazy season of give and take, but it's we're on the same path moving forward on mm -hmm. all these things. And that's where the unity comes in. Like you said, it's not us agreeing on every single little thing, but it's us moving in the same direction together mm -hmm. and learning to yield and to submit. In fact, if you read these scriptures in Ephesians chapter five, and the other one I was mentioning was in out of Colossians chapter three. In both cases, it talks about submit, submitting to one another. Yep. And it talks about, you know, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another mm -hmm. in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That is the context because the very next, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, wives submit. Mm -hmm. So the context is this give it's, and take, worship together, it's give a thanks. Mutual like you're seeking the best for me, yeah. but I'm also seeking the best for you. Yeah. And there's this undercurrent of support and love and honor and all, all the things that we want, but it, it takes a willingness to, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to choose to do it because I love you, because I choose to honor you, mm -hmm. because, you know, and I think... Once you get to that place, and again, we're not perfect. We've been on a 10-year journey, yep. and we're continuing to grow in that. It comes from a place of love and honor and unity. Yep. And if it's not coming from that place, it's not, it's not healthy. Yep. Okay, so what would you say to maybe the, the person who was in your shoes 10 years ago? Maybe there's a, a woman who is either not married, maybe dating or, or engaged perhaps, mm -hmm. or early married, mm -hmm. right? And the word submit just lights their fire, you know? And maybe that is just, maybe it's because the husband actually isn't a good leader. That could be a reality too. Let's talk yeah. about that. But also just, also it could just be that it's a hard thing for, you know, the woman to deal with. Mm -hmm. Just like it's challenging for the man, you know, the husband to deal with this concept of being a leader. And what does that mean, you know? But what would you say to yourself 10 years ago, I guess? I think is if you are willing to put, to work on yourself and 
you know, let God show you things about yourself and show you things that need to be done. And you're willing to do that work. And, you know, you just pray for your future spouse, pray for them and pray that God would show them what they need to work on. Because if you get married, and I say this to Justin all the time, when we have our frustrations about each other and, you know, I do certain things and it irritates him. And I'm like, you married me like this. <laughs> like you willingly chose me like this. I'm. There are some things that, yes, I'm going to work to improve because I know how it affects you or whatever. But there's also certain things. It's just like if you're marrying somebody hoping to change them, mm. like that's not a good foot to be starting out on because marriage is not about changing the other person and marriage is not about getting all of your needs fulfilled and your happiness and your whatever that that's selfish Mm -hmm. marriage is something that's you're you're selfless you're you're giving of yourself and and not necessarily to the detriment of yourself but you're you're equally giving back and forth and there's this ebb and flow of things. And I think people have, again, people have a misconstrued concept of the fairy tale Cinderella wedding and, and it's going to make this magical unicorns and fairies. And that's not how it is. That's not how it is at all. You know, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of tears. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot, it's a lot, but it's rewarding and it's fruitful and Fulfilling. Yeah, it's very fulfilling. And we can accomplish more together, together than you can alone. We ever could alone. Yep. I know for me personally, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now without you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. It's impossible. Yep. And again, that's not the end of the road. It's this ebb and flow where I'm fully occupied in my school and all this stuff, and you're providing the means for that to happen. But our things will switch. Seasons will seasons will change, mm-hmm. you know, and there'll be a time where I'm going to be, you know, providing those things, and it'll all be good. Yeah. Um, but the trick is just humility in every season, mm-hmm. and yielding, and again, the right context. So that's good. Yeah. And I want to say to the the husbands or the young young guys, you know, to really study this out, spend some time internalizing what it means to be a leader of your home, and not to let it get to your head, and don't be a jerk. That's basically what my <laughs> my soapbox on that. Yeah. You got to learn humility and you got to you got to learn it. And if you don't, you'll learn it the hard way and it'll be terrible or you'll just go around the mountain forever. So you better learn it. Yep. Uh, but you got to be nice, you got to be nice to your wife. But not just be nice to her, but you got to give her freedom and empowerment. Like I know a lot of guys who they love the Lord and they're raising their family and they're getting it right in so many areas, but where they're missing it is that they're not empowering their wife to operate in her God-given space, which is that battle buddy, which is that, you're, you know, as the man, you are actually, you don't have it all. You think you have everything you need. You think you have all the armor and you can just lead the family because you're, you're all powerful and stuff. It's not the truth. You can lead as you submit to the Lord. But in that context of leading and submitting to the Lord, you've got to have, you got to give your wife space. Read, you know, I, I encourage you to study Proverbs chapter 31. Read that Proverbs 31 chapter about, about the godly wife and the godly woman and begin to see your wife in that context. Maybe she's not all the things that that chapter says about a godly wife. Well, quit looking at all the stuff she isn't and start speaking life over her and praying over her, the stuff that God sees about her, which is all the stuff in Proverbs 31. Mm-hmm. I've had to do that many times with you. Yeah. 
not in a bad way. I just mean, you know, there have been times where my filter has been off and I look at the things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I could just wallow in that all day and be like, well, my wife is defective or whatever. She does this one thing and I don't like it. I'm, I'm talking about my minimal things, all right? Like she pushes the dishes in the dishwasher funny or something. I don't know. Or whatever. But the point I'm making is that I, in those moments, I make a decisive move to take my eyes off of her stuff that I think is wrong with her, work on myself, and then pray over her and speak life over her. And guess what? Every single time that happens, I end up having a realization that I'm the one at fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's me. And so I end up feeling like a jerk later because I'm like, oh man, I almost just you know, thought all these thoughts about her and how she's defective and how she's missing these parts. But in reality, it was me. I was the one who was missing the parts. And so I'm very glad, you know, in those situations that I that I took my eyes off those and I and I did it right. But I don't always do it right. But I think that's important. Yep. So cool. Love you. I love you. Happy ten years. Happy ten years. All right. So Father God, we just thank you and praise you. And Lord, we just speak to all the marriages out there and all the people who are either about to get married or are married. And we just speak life over them and purpose and vision over their marriage, Lord, that they are empowered by you, by your word, that you would make it known to them and clear to them that their marriage has a purpose. It's not just to wallow around and to survive and to work and come home and get paid and put your feet up and and just kind of survive. But Lord, that every marriage has a purpose, whether it's big and grandiose and world changing and you know headline making or if it's just raising good kids and you know building community and just being a good friend. Father, we just thank you and praise you for again that purpose and that passion that you've given to the marriages, Lord and, and Lord, we just speak life over the the husband and the wife relationship of those that are listening that the husbands would would learn from the Lord and that we would submit to you, we'd yield to you. We'd yield to your Holy Spirit. We'd give ourselves fully to you that we can truly come into mature manhood and what we have been designed to do by you. You're our creator. And Father, also likewise, that the wives would learn godly submission and that they would learn this this beautiful tension, this beautiful balance of respect and honor, but battle buddy and fierceness and completion of of the man and just how that beautiful harmony, Lord, that you've designed it to be, that we would, we would be in frequency with that harmony, that we would, we would walk in those ways, Lord. And so I just speak over all the, all the children as well. If, if you have children and you're listening, we speak life over the children, that they would be raised in a healthy home, a happy home. And Lord, that even if things have happened and, and there's been issues in the past and even abuse or trauma or anything, Lord, we just thank you and praise you that you are our healer and that you can heal anything, absolutely anything. And so, First of all, we ask you to heal our hearts. We just thank you that you're walk, walking us through that process of healing our hearts, um, but also over our children, that we would raise men and women of God that would change the world, that would be good citizens, that would be responsible, that would represent you well and, and would be um, everything that you've called them to be. So Father, we just praise you and thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, that's it for today. I hope that was helpful. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppablepodcast.org. Find out what we're doing in Kenya with our nonprofit organization, Kainos Global, at kainosglobal.org. 
Get involved by checking out our open volunteer positions and ways to support us financially. Please like and subscribe to the Unstoppable Podcast on your favorite podcasting app and YouTube so that more people can hear this teaching. We hope today's episode has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.